Hi everyone, thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of the Cycling Chats podcast with Scottish cyclist Jen George. This episode was recorded on the 23rd of October in 2020 and was great fun. We talked about horses, we talked about life, we talked about Jen's journey from 2012 when she really took up cycling all the way up to joining the UCI Continental Team Memorial Santos. Really hope you enjoy this one as much as I did and get inspired by the great things that Jen's done in a relatively short space of time. Take two of the chat with Jen George. I've now resorted to old school methodology. I've rung Jen. I'm hoping very much that she's going to be able to uh, to tune in and dial in in a second. Jen is here. Welcome. Uh, I'm just going to send you an invitation now, and then hopefully the magic can happen. Brilliant. But I hope everyone's good. Um, thanks so much for rejoining. Hopefully this works. Is it? Yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> my heart, my heart is like pumping like anything. It's like I was like, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? I can't find you, but it's all good. It's all good. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely rubbish for tech. So yeah, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> I ride a bike yeah, better. I promise. Don't worry at all. I, t- I just said to everyone because I was out here hanging out, having a chat by myself with the people on there. And I was like, I can't get Jen to join, so I'm going to have to maybe, Michael from New York said, why don't you cut it and then try and speak to you? And I was like, I'm just going to have to do that, and we'll just have to chat, and we'll be right back. So it's all good. Everyone's here. Look, everyone's here. <laughs> it was Bessie. No worries. You've just We just started, Avril. You've not missed it. We've got um, Africa Cat. We've got Yuri's here. Uh, Michael from New York is back. Stuart Boundy, my good friend, Stephen Ajiedu from um, specialized and also Rafa, he's doing some stuff with Rafa. Um, Black History Month is here. And I think you had lots of people come to support you. I can't remember the club, but Velo. Hi, something everyone. Like... <laughs> so we, we made it. We made it. Yes. Yes. How are you feeling? At last. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm rather excited about this evening. Me too. Me too. I keep talking because <laughs> I'm so excited about it. I'm really, really excited. Really excited. So um, I was thinking maybe I'll do a quick introduction and then yeah. I can hand over to you to do and then we can get into it because Instagram is a sucker it'll cast off at an hour I've, I've found this to my peril before so I'll get going <laughs> yeah and we'll keep it and maybe we'll just have to dial back in and do it again don't worry so <laughs> that's fine I've got all night it's all good <laughs> Lovely. That's why I like to hear that. Cheers to you, lady. Cheers to you. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Sorry, I hope you've all got your drinks. I did, I, I did want to post and um, pull up a chair and crack open the beer, but I thought that would probably be incorrect. But cheers, everybody. I am drinking a beer oh, tonight. Jen, you should have told me the beer. I've got my little cup of it. I've got water as well, but, I, you know, I'm off season. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's brilliant. So, look, um, Welcome everyone and thank you so much for joining Janet and I. My name's Kofi and if you haven't heard me speak before, um, I'm the founder of Ride for Unity. And the idea for Ride for Unity is really to celebrate our unity, but also our diversity as um, cyclists. Um, And yet, contrary to what you'll see in the magazines, as cyclists, we do come in different shapes, we do come in different sizes, we do come in different shapes, um, as well as shapes. So, like, the idea of this is to showcase that diversity and hopefully inspire folks to 
ride a bit more, start riding from hearing the wonderful stories of amazing people like Jen, like Lex last week, like Abby, like Rory, like Viola, you know, everyone. So from A to Z, if your name begins one of those letters, you're involved, you're part of the family, no entry fee, you're in. So without further ado, my pal today is, um, what can I say? A true Braveheart. I'm going to say a true Braveheart. Um, <laughs> a national rugby champion um, and a treasure of a human being. Um, and I'm really delighted to have this chat with you, Jen. So I guess over to you. Please, can you just tell folks who you are, where you are, and a bit about what your involvement is in cycling, and then we'll, we'll sort of meander as the conversation flows. Hey, everyone. I'm, I'm Jen George. Um, I'm I'm a road cyclist predominantly, although I do do uh, some track and uh, some time trialling as well. I, I ride for the Continental Team Memorial Santos um, for 2020, and um, I'm also a cycling coach, Level 3 British Cycling Road and Time Trial. What else do I do? I work for a company called Technogym, so I deliver training and I'm one of their uh, head coaches for their cycling products. Um, do a bit of ride guiding, you know, a bit this, bit that, not too much of this, not too much of that, wow. and yeah. That is phenomenal. <laughs> that, that, that is phenomenal. Your, your, your CV is just like, the hustles are endless on there, right? There's so many. Forgot one thing, I'm a personal trainer too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, your one-stop shop for open cycling, fitness, performance—you name it. Jen is Jen is the one, really. Jen is the one. That's awesome. And Jen, one of the things I wanted to do with this is—it's phenomenal for me and you to have this chat. But what I'd love to do is make it interactive. So it's an opportunity for the Wife for Unity family. If they've got any questions, they want to know anything for all the things that you do. Amazing thing. Can they just drop it in the chat? And then if you see it. Like jump on it. We'll just flow and answer as many questions as we can, as well as the things I've got in my head. Is that is that all right with you? Absolutely cool. But I'm not great at like reading and talking. So if I if I start going, ooh, it's because I'm trying to read something. It's not because I'm angry. <laughs> but I might look it, but I'll be squinting to see what people are writing. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll do a relay. So if, if I'm chatting, you can have a little spy, and then if you're chatting, I have a little spy. But I can see. Corey Nation, I think it is, um, has added annual funds to cycle with. I don't know if you know Corey Nation. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. That's perfect. So just tell us a bit about your backstory then, because there's a lot that you're doing right now, but I guess you must have started somewhere. So when did you start out in cycling specifically? Um, so I'm relatively new to cycling. Um, I'm not new to sport. I've always been in sport, but... Um, my cycling journey um, properly started in 2012. Um, I was at a kind of a junction in my sort of life. I was I just um, come back from travelling with my husband. We hadn't got jobs. We were trying to sort ourselves out and and get 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 on with things. Now we were back in the UK, so uh, I set as both the challenge. <laughs> At the end of 2012, was to ride the um, the, the stage of the the Tour Tour de France, so uh, to go and do etap the etap. Um, I mean, I'd been cycling. I'd been doing some. Um, I guess I'd been doing some um, commuting uh, up until then, up until we went travelling. But you know, I hadn't touched a bike in like a year and 
he really hadn't touched one in that time either. So we trained together. Um, I went back and got myself a job and all the rest of it. And it kind of went from there. I had a really good attack to tour. I had loads of fun. And we rode with loads of really good friends. We rode with my brother. Um, and then loads of people were like, you should race. So okay. I started racing. <laughs> I did my... I just want to just take a minute. So you started 12, eight years ago, and Michael from New York has said that's a decent amount of time and, and not, not and nothing to sniff at, which I definitely concur with. So you started in 2012. And I like when I started riding, I was like, oh, I do like London to Brighton. That's my big thing. So thank you for that. You did a, a, a stage of the Tour de France as your initiation into cycling. Is that is that what you, you, you're saying? It was a goal. It was a goal. We did a few other, like, we did some other sportives leading up to that. So we went and did um, the Etape de Dios. Uh, we did the uh, Etape Caledonia for all the Scottish okay. people. Yeah. Um, so we did some other bits and pieces, but then the main goal was to go and do the Etape. Um, and we were just, like, you know, we were so new to it. I mean, I barely had, like, three pairs of shorts by that time. I barely had... I barely had enough kit for like two days riding, um, so it was it was all a bit of an adventure, and it kind of went from there. And yeah, and you've grown. And and I want to just ask, like I've asked various people this in terms of like motto for life, guiding principle. I'm gonna go with one for you, which is kind of like go hard or go home, because it sounds like you you, you don't go slow. But what what is what is your thing? Like if you had to pick a motto, like what would you say that would be? So it's a bit, it's a bit, um, bit weird that you say that one because a number of years ago for Christmas, my uh, husband um, bought me a seat at Heron Hill Velodrome. So when they were redoing the Velodrome, they did all this um, crowdfunding. And if you put a certain amount of money in, then you could put a plaque on one of the seats that was being installed at Heron Hill Velodrome. And you could put like a motto on it. And guess what my motto was? Go hard or go home. No way! <laughs> I am not joking. I'm seriously not joking. Oh my goodness. I assessed that because we haven't spoken about it at all. People are not spoken about yeah. it. Um, wow. Okay. So. so my other one would be, so I've got another one and it's very similar. Um, and it's, um, I usually say, ride it like you stole it. Yes, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of my favourite ones as well. So yeah, it, it's all about yeah going fast. <laughs> I love that. You know, like we and just for for right for you and your family, we we are not for a second advocating stealing any bicycles. But if no, you no, 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 please don't do that. Had you stolen it, how you might ride it. So that's phenomenal. So I just want to quickly, I had a couple of people give us some waves. Um, oh, Doug is in the house. Again, Doug, you're amazing, consistent as ever. Doug is over in the West Coast of America and joins like literally every week without Thank you. And then. Hi. And then Cory Nation. Is it Cory Nation? Is that, is that how I say it? Yeah, okay. I think so, yeah. Cory Nation has asked a question. Advice on recovering from knee surgery in order to cycle 180 kilometers in a year's time. My average cycle has been 80 kilometers three times a week prior to operation. I mean, you mean it. When I said come for some advice, he's actually, or she, 
I'm not sure how you have got some specific can you help coach yeah. can you help us with oh so like I mean without properly actually seeing you and assessing you I, I, I can't give like medical advice I'm not a medical physician but um, I definitely advise like follow your physios do all your exercises but make sure you have rest days obviously in between um, slowly build up don't rush it really don't rush it i mean i have personal experience of injuries um with knees and um it takes time and it takes dedication and it takes so much patience but believe that you will get there and you will get there you've got to believe it i mean as soon as you stop believing then then that's where that's where things will will, will come apart and the wheels will come off at that point. So really believe that you can do it. Do your physio. Slowly build up your training. And I mean slowly. Like, I mean, if it if you only ride 5K, does it really matter that day? As long as it was pain-free. And that's really important. It's got to be pain-free. Thank you so much for that, Jen. People, get all your ailments out. Get your questions in. Jen is just oh, going Let's have it. Cool. So I'm going to keep it, keep it flowing and moving because I said I've got one eye on the clock. I, I've done this a few times where I just keep rabbiting on and then it just cuts off and that's not good. So I'm going to keep an eye on the clock. Um, uh, super encouraging and thank you. It's Coronation's response to that. So good. So just in terms of um, your riding, so am I right in saying that you were with some amateur teams to start with? Like I've I, I read something somewhere about Dulwich Paragon and then you've just kind of progressed. Is that right? How, how did you sort of move up the rankings to get to Memorial Santos? So um, in the year between, um, in, in the time between the end of 2012 when I started riding, and doing the ATAP, I um, I joined like a couple of cycling clubs, but the main one that I ended up with was the Dulwich Paragon. Um, and at that point, I was living um, basically north of the river. Um, so I I was commuting down to, to ride with with the with Dulwich Paragon, and uh, from there I rode the attack with them. I did my first few races. Um I did some some racing at the beginning of twenty fourteen then and uh, I lined up at the start of the British National Championships with the Dulwich Paragon jersey on. Amazing. And I have pictures to prove it as well. I was standing next to Joanna Rousel um with a Dulwich Paragon jersey on. Wow. <laughs> and I was made up. I was made up. I was on top of the world. I can. I cannot tell you how cool it was to be there. Just to just to stand on the start line. I I, I didn't come anywhere, but I stood on the start line. Yeah, well, it's start. It's one of my favourite things. Is like start where you are, do what you can, use what you have. Something that older, so you definitely embodied that spirit. And look, talking about your journey into cycling, like, I really want my daughters to get into it. So they've got bikes. I try and get them out, and they're always asking me to come out. They want to get with you, so they want they they want to be in. But for for you coming into the sport um, at the age that you did, at the time that you did, and not necessarily about those Paragon, but any of the clubs that you were in, how did you find yourself in with it? What was it like, you know, coming in as a woman trying to do your thing, accepting, open? What this share with us? Let's hear how how you sort of found it. Really. So it was. There was two sides. There were people that were really accepting of it, and then there were people that were um, 
kind of used to kind of back away quite a lot and you know I'm not I, I I'm quite I, I'm quite full-on like I know that I'm pretty full-on sort of person so um, I had to learn to kind of deal with that sort of response sometimes where people weren't that keen to have me on a ride um I very quickly learned the reason why and um it's 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 quite it's quite funny because um first thing in the morning on an early early ride a lot of people are going out to to ride to get a bit of headspace to get away from I'm gonna say it the family they want to get away they want to have time away from children from wife from all the rest of it so I think one of the reasons was by turning up and being female then I embodied everything that they were trying to get away from and then if I sat beside them and started to chitter-chatter away, as I do, <laughs> it probably didn't do me a lot of favours. <laughs> so I quite quickly learned just to kind of like, you know, um, bite my lip and be quite quiet, particularly at the beginning of the rides. Um, I think as a female, it's, it's not been the easiest journey, but I think that once people understood that I wasn't going to hold them up and I wasn't going to be, they weren't going to be waiting for me, then they, they started to be more accepting. But things have moved on now. I, I've noticed a lot more acceptance of women on club rides and, and things like that. And there's a lot more scope for um, people's experience. So it, there's enough for every type of rider out there. Um, and I, I, I help out um, with with cycling clubs and do some coaching um, for, for for clubs like Fellow Sport Cycling Club and for Dulwich oh, Paragon as well. Um, so I, there were some Fellow Sport supporters were here earlier when I had to come off. They were that they're here for you. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I've I've done some work with these clubs over the last few months, and then with Dulwich for for a longer period of time, and the the, the span of, of of ability of rider is very vast, and the um the the cater for that, which is absolutely amazing, because I guess when I started back in 2012, 2013, uh, there was less catering for that scope of ability, whether you're male or whether you're female. It just didn't really exist. I think, you know what, I think that is interesting because I'm trying to remember rightly, but it was 2012 when we had the Olympics in London? Yes. And then I think we, like, in, in, in cycling terms, from then on, like, just in the Olympics, we did really well. I think we did pretty well in the cycling, if I remember rightly. Um, we smashed it to pieces. We completely yeah. blew it out of the park, particularly in the that's velodrome. It. We that's completely... It. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like from from that point on, if I cast my mind back and my memory is like properly hazy, but eight years ago, like cycling has been on this sort of trajectory massively. So that kind of ties up with what you're sort of saying, really, which is lovely. And I think we had some comments which I'll just dip into here. Um, Doug said so admirable, admirable. Can't get my words out. I need some of your beer. Um, Principal Mark has said, what a fantastically honest and real person, 100% authentic. Um, oh, thank you. And, and uh, oh, hello to, is it, let me see, Mrs. in London, which I think is Eva, who actually shot an amazing photo that's on, on Instagram on my page at the moment. And, oh, one of my good buddies, Mr. Jessup, and welcome. And Connor Maley, hello to see you as well. Awesome. I keep talking. I've got to keep it moving. We've got a lot. Of <laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. <laughs> good. So, um, so, I mean, 
it's interesting to hear about your experiences, you know, with the cycling and, and how people treat on my ride. And in fact, I tried to invite you on one, didn't I? Um, we have the fellowship on Sunday. And usually when I post Tuesday, Wednesdays, I'll post what we did, we got up to. And a bunch of dads, similar to what you described, we've tried, but we're not trying to get away from our families, at least not for the benefit of the recording. We're going out early. <laughs> we go out early we want to come home so we can be part of the family life but when we go out it's all about the chat it's all about the banter it's all about sort of helping each other just just have a laugh and relax and you know i think when i reached out to you was it about a few weeks ago and you were doing something else that was a bit better than my ride in the cold gray where were you going i can't remember um, so I was speaking to you as I just finished wrecking the uh, National 25 um, time trial course. Um, so I was um, up, uh, where was it? It was just north of, between Leicester and Nottingham, so somewhere in the middle there. And I just wrecked the course, nearly got blown off my bike, was feeling not terribly encouraged about the next day. And then you called me and invited to me, a ride, me on a ride and I was just like, that sounds way better than what I'm about to do tomorrow. Yeah, if you driven straight that 120 miles or thereabouts, you'd have been there, really. So that'd have been awesome. And how did I go? Um, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit it wasn't my best ride of the season. Um, I think I, like, in terms of result, I was, I was like super chuffed with um where I came overall. So I think I ended up eighth. Um. And how many people? Oh, um, to, to be honest with you, I, I really don't know. Pro probably about, I, there might be 50 or 60 women there. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm super chuffed with that. But, you know, when you look at the numbers, you're just like, oh, it wasn't maybe my best performance. If I just could have squeezed a little. Yeah, we always do that. So, um, happy, happy, but, but, but. Um, I'm probably my 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 own biggest critic, to be honest. So I always think, oh, I could have done better. But then my coach speaks to me and said, don't be ridiculous, and yeah, sort yourself out. <laughs> I mean, do you know what this is? This is echoing a conversation I'm going to share a little bit of with you. Dan, one of my guys from the fellowship, DRG, D underscore RG, he's just said never. And I think that's his response to the fact that we don't run away from our wives. So he's backing me out. Um, great. <laughs> Best player on the planet. He might have shaved it a little bit. But when you said, um, just to talk about what you just said about being your own worst critic. So I, I think you, there's a thing about sports people where, you know, you're you get this drive. Maybe I'm not a professional sports person, but having talked to some, you get this drive. And you bust yourself for not achieving outlandish goals, which is why you get to that place where you are. Um, so, do you find it hard to like kind of ease off and be kind to yourself and be like, look, eight out of like 50, 60 people, that's all right, because that does good to be where I'm sitting. But do you, do you have to adjust and be kind to yourself about that? Yeah, I, 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 there was there was a book I was reading recently, and I can't I can't honestly remember what it was what it was. Um, I I'll probably remember it at some point when I'm have sleeping or chilling out. Um, it was basically it was basically um, about the psychology of of sport and uh, 
uh, as sports people, as you quite rightly said, yeah, we're our own, like, we, we do beat ourselves up. And uh, it's something that I've had to pretty much work on and learn is that you need to stop for a minute and really celebrate any bits of success that you get, particularly at the level that I ride at. Success doesn't come that frequently. Um, and so when it does, you need to stop and celebrate and take take note of it because otherwise the next day you're on to the next thing. Yeah. And before you know it, you're three days races down the line and you've not celebrated that one success that you had. And psychologically over a period of time that that can can be quite damaging. So I've had to stop and go, right, okay, I need to celebrate this. Um I've I've actually I've actually just come off season uh, as of last Sunday I did my last time trial for the year, um, and I've spent this week taking stock, remembering what I've done for the season because it's been a short season. I haven't road raced this year because of COVID, um, so I've I've made the best of what I possibly could and entered as many time trials as I possibly could and worked on one of my weaknesses, which is time trialing. Um, and I look back at it and I look at the beginning and I've looked at the end and gone, actually, wow, do you know what? I've improved quite a lot from last year and I've improved quite a lot from the start of um, where I started doing my first time trial this year, which was the end of July, to now. Okay, cool. A couple of weeks, time off, be nice to my body, have a beer. Love that. Love that. <laughs> or two um, and, and, and really kind of re- sorry you should have told me I've got one in the fridge I wanted to uh... go get it go get it <laughs> people you wait for me if I get a beer no I'm just playing I can wait people think I've got problems but Jen I wanted to just add up to you know what you were saying there about celebrating milestones when you said that you know what it made me think it made me think that it's not just um it's not just a sports thing it's not just a cycling thing that is like a wicked mantra for life and i think for life right now for so many of us because yeah i don't know about you but i've had a whole heap of things that i was supposed to do this year that have been cancelled that didn't happen so those small wins those small i don't know you know uplifting things i think is a great mantra for life you know like celebrate them right yeah it's so important. Somebody's just put a question on and I can't grab all. Hang on. Jen, I heard you mention the velodrome, so I'm assuming you come more from a track bike discipline. Do you ride the road as much too? Apologies if I missed this, if you already touched on it. All ah, right. Okay. Good question. Um, so I don't come from a track background. I, um, I come from a road background. Um, I have ridden road since when I was talking about in 20, um, 2013 at the end of that year I did my first like proper bike race not sportive a bike race um, in terms of track I t- tried track a couple of years ago probably about four or five years ago uh, very briefly um, at the end of the season and then last year um, I was asked to be part of a women's um, track team uh, to go to the um, the Masters Worlds on the track. And they wanted me to be part of a team pursuit team. So <laughs> I learned to ride the track <laughs> last 
August, so that's August 2019, and I rode the World Masters Track Championships in Manchester in the October and being in mind you can't get to a track all the time and I was training over in Newport at the time um, and we I, I rode as part of the team at the World Masters and I did a few other events I did the individual pursuit so individual pursuit team pursuit um, I did the I did a few other races and I had an awesome time um, we won the um, the world's um, the pursuit team pursuit championship and yeah yeah and i got a silver in the individual pursuit in my age group so i hope that i hope that answers the question uh dps 82 i hope that answers your question no i didn't come from a track background but i can do track you could do that. Oh my god, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm just, wow, that's so good. That's so good. And I think, Jen, you know, when I was thinking about what we could talk talk about, um, it was, I suppose, your team now. So you mentioned Memorial Santos. Um, did you did you start with them this year, or like when did you, when did you start? And I guess you haven't done much racing, but when did you start with that team? So I started with them this year. Okay. Um, this would have been my first season with Memorial Santos. Um, but with um, COVID, and I don't know whether anybody knows much about them, um, they, they, they are actually from Brazil. Mm-hmm. And um, I, with all the travel restrictions and, and because of COVID, um, obviously they, they never actually made it over to Europe this year, which is, which is really sad. But I think it was probably the best idea because with the situation with COVID, it was going to be quite difficult to get to races. And if they came over and everything was cancelled, it was probably going to be a, a waste of a waste of resource and money that they could potentially put in twenty into twenty twenty one. Yeah. So uh, we just they decided that um, they would they would wait until next year and they would be over in Europe for for next season. So this season was to answer your question. This season was supposed to be my first season with them. Okay. And on that, so I, I know a little bit. Every single team, every local is learning. And some folks here might not know Memorial Santos. So UCI, what level do you would you be racing at? And how many races on average a year would you do and where would they be? A few questions in one there, but then you can Yeah, it. no problem. Uh, so my previous year's uh, riding um, in a pro team, we would do anything um, between 35 and 50 races in a year, mm-hmm. uh, in a season. Um, my previous years have started in February and uh, we've raced all the way through till... August, September time, sort of beginning of September. And then I might have had other races that I would do, so some time trials or like last year I went to the um the world champs in Manchester um on the track. So I, I added other bits on. So it might be thirty thirty five races as a team and then I'll have some other stuff that I'll do outside of that uh, with the team's um permission. Um and those races would be anywhere from Belgium to France to Switzerland. I've raced in uh, California before. Um, 
so I, it's 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 wherever wherever we get an invite, wherever our entry is accepted, we we go and race. That's phenomenal, and actually lovely the way that that's happened. Because what I was going to say is, you get paid, right? As a cyclist, pro cyclist, now you get paid. Um. So I'm I'm a female. I'm a female rider. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So to say that I'm sponsored and I don't pay for my stuff. Uh, is right, but in terms of getting paid, no. What? You don't get paid. Yeah. What if you win the race? Do you get paid? Yeah. So you get um, you get the price. You you get the you get a portion of the prize money split amongst the team. Yeah. Okay. It's a so team sport, really... and yeah, this is interesting because I saw there's a lady called uh, Lou Gibson, um, who I recently got mm-hmm. introduced to. Uh, Lou, I think. Uh, she had a picture today on her Instagram and it was like, she was riding along indignant and she was like this and the caption was, you, you, I'm going to get how much of that prize pot? Like just as a joke, but it was just, yeah. I said I support her because she was basically promoting the fact, I guess, that you don't get paid that much for as, as, as compared to men. Is that is that the yeah. case? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so what came in this year was uh, the UCI put it mandatory that World Tour teams would get a uh, had to be paid a uh, salary um but the um the criteria to be a world tour team was quite high so in terms of your sponsorship you had to have sponsors that were willing to sponsor that team for a minimum of three years i think i might be slightly wrong on all the all the ins and outs of it so i think eight teams in the women's uh, pro peloton uh, became world tour which meant that they had to pay everybody in the team at least that that minimum amount um of euros mm-hmm. and then the second tier because we'd only ever had one tier up until this year one essentially only one proper tier and that was just you were a uci team yeah. so then this year um they put the two tiers in so they've got the uci world tour and then you've got the uci continental okay. and in a continental team they don't have to pay you Oh, my God. Okay, so I don't know if this is going to work out. I'm going to ask this question and then remind me, I've got to come back to Avril's question in a second. Um, so you've, I was going to say you made the crossover from, you know, recreational, let me set myself a goal to this is a job, um, I was going to say, as a profession. So I was going to ask you, does it feel like work? But I don't know if it, it sounds like it's sort of semi-voluntary. So is it still for fun or would you say it's work? Um, so when it's raining outside and I need to go and train, <laughs> it's work. <laughs> but nine times out, <laughs> but 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 you know what? At the end of the day, I think that um, I I love riding my bike. I, I don't I don't do like I've done a lot of things. Um, I've got an entire life that I led before I became a cyclist. Um, that I, where I was doing stuff which I enjoyed, but um, it got to the stage where I didn't love it. So when I got my first contract to race, um, it became a really good point to kind of cut that side of my life off and move on and build what essentially is a, a quite a new life, a new life for myself, doing different things that were all involved in cycling. And COVID has really reminded me, really reminded me that I love riding my bike. I really enjoy racing. I love training. I, I'm. It's probably a bit to a little bit of a fault. I really enjoy training. I really enjoy that side of that process. 
but actually I really love like I'm doing in the, these two weeks is I'm switching off my Garmin and I'm just riding my bike and I've got I, I'm contacting some friends and I'm just just riding you know because I like it <laughs> Brilliant. Well, hopefully that means that if the weather's not so pants, you can join one of the fellowship rides and I'll show you. The like we just have to just have to chat. And we, we need to, cool. the rules of it are you need to eat food and drink coffee. That's If that doesn't happen, it's not a proper ride in my book. Amen. Amen. You mentioned coffee. I'm there. <laughs> <Brilliant. laughs> so I did um, want to just jump into um avril's question so avril is eeyore's bestie i think that's avril for sure weird question what part of scotland are you from i'm from renfrewshire is okay so so i'm from ayrshire okay. i was born in glasgow grew up in ayrshire went to university in glasgow and then moved to london okay okay cool so avril there you are you've got a fellow scotswoman here <laughs> Yeah. Renfrew's not so far away. <laughs> no, close. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And you know, um, Jen, I something I ask everybody that, that I talk to is what it is about cycling that they love. And you've alluded to the, the love that you've got for it and just being off season and no data work. But if you were to sum it up, like what is it about being on two wheels that like captures you the way that it does, you know? So um how do I put it into words? Um, I grew up. Um, I was. I was. When, when I grew up, I was into horses, and uh, with that came the great outdoors, the smell of the grass, the scenery. Um, sometimes the speed when you hit a grass verge and you went, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> and then when I moved to when I moved to London, like mm, horses don't fit into flats, and I couldn't afford to to have have that sort of situation. And uh, when I started riding, I was like, hey, hey, this is similar, uh, except for I've got more speed, less unpredictability apart from the drivers. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 getting to see parts of the world that I wouldn't see if I was in a car. Uh, it's the adrenaline, it's this the sights, it's the smells, it's the bird song, particularly during lockdown. The birds were singing and it was so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh people, I wanna go, I need to stop this, I need to get my bike, I wanna go out. You just sold it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so glad you said that and I think when you talked about it being so helpful in lockdown it's it's part of why I do what I do because I think that we're all going through a lot you know whether we show out with signs of it or it's internalized whatever it may be we're all dealing with stuff that none I've never been here I don't know you have been here I don't think many of us have ever been in a situation like this so it's new and I think cycling has that power doesn't it where you can it can meditate you you can be in your head you can be out of your head it's just phenomenal so i just want to do this to get more people enjoying the benefits feeling the vibe drinking beer eating cakes drinking coffee that's it simple and, and, and think of the environment what more is there right exactly exactly that was done uh, thank you and um west coast is best says avril um and what we have as well is Avril says, I want to come to a fellowship ride. I can bake cake and drink coffee. Avril, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's 
if I'm being fussy, but basically, Dad, Dan knows I eat everything. But Victoria's fine. If you know I'm in, mean, if you're making it, then I'm, I'm in. So you can come. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one, one of the questions I think I saw pop up was um, sort of a highlight, um, and it was something that I was going to ask as well. So I love that someone was thinking of it. Is there one why that stands? In all the many amazing places you've been, all the wonderful stuff that you've seen, is there one ride that stands in your mind that you could share with us? Like, what, where was it? Why was it amazing? Just so that we can we can teleport from wherever we are in the world to where you were at that time. You know. Hmm. Interesting question. Hmm. It's really difficult to tell because every ride stands out different for different reasons and whether that's the weather the terrain the scenery whatever it is but I will quite honestly say I've ridden in a lot of places in the world and I love going to the mountains and in France I love going to Spain but I absolutely love riding in the Peak District the Yorkshire Dales and in Cumbria in the Lake District I love it it's green it's pretty and on that day when you get the sun shining there is literally there 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 are very few better places to be oh my goodness so to the man in the white shirt I'm there so so you might have seen it but Steph um who maybe I think I saw Steph popping earlier on she's from Yorkshire she's just on the edge of the Yorkshire Dells in a small market town called Masham from memory and I remember it because she told me they've got breweries there and they've got meringue cakes as big as my head so I'm definitely I'm, I'm going there and, and she, she, she did arrive in Unity in August and some of the pictures that she showed capture the spirit that you're talking about so I can't wait to go on a bit of a tour um around the world so that's beautiful now if it was more local let's say and you only had like three hours to do a ride and it's not training there's no data no garment like what would your route yeah. be where would you go again just in the spirit of escapism and us following your route and how you would do stuff is there is there a ride that you would kind of three hours like, yeah that would do me that's where I'd go and what i'd be seeing so i would probably head out uh, towards east um, and I'm probably going to get a lot of people go, why are you saying that? Because it is literally the undiscovered part of the south. Okay. It's lovely. So if you head from down south, uh, south London, head towards Orpington mm-hmm. and just carry on heading east um, out for, towards Swanley and then just keep going, heading towards the coast. It's so quiet. It's so lovely, and it's just it, you. You can ride for a long time and not see too many cars. And I've got a friend, um, and I think she might have dialed in at one point. And um, when we get the chance, and we're both together, we we go and ride out east, and we can have such a blast out there. There's some good climbs. There's some nice flat bits, um, and it's it's just it's just everything I love about riding. And it's it's the one bit where it's. You, you don't get pestered by cars all the time and um, yeah so particularly on the weekend i love that so a, a couple of weeks ago actually i did a ride and it went to somewhere that sounds like it should be in yorkshire near where steph lives and it's a place called horton kirby does that ring any oh, yeah. bells is that, yeah 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 is that in the vicinity of what you're talking about um i need to look at a map i kind of navigate by uh, how a road looks 
Um, you know that road that's got that little uphill with a few potholes on the left? <laughs> my, my friend, my friend Laura, she was just like, Jen, so you know, you know, um, such and such a street, and then we go down such and such a road, and I'm just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no idea. I just ride. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, um, I just something just popped out, so I'm just going to see if I can take that. So Michael in New York said he's got a bottomless stomach as well. I love that. Uh, Coronation says there's great beer that I can't remember where that may be in relation to. And then Arthur has asked, "How how was to you? What are you feeling when you see the possibility to sign with the Brazilian foreign team? Maybe I'm going to just have a go." Maybe I'll that's just... my DS. That's my DS. Ah, okay. So is he asking like how you felt about signing to a, a, a foreign a team? Brazilian team? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it was to you. What are you feeling when you see the possibility of signing for a Brazilian team? I <laughs> fear, maybe no, and excitement, <laughs> intrepid excitement, and um, never fear always an adventure to the unknown. Like, I, I had no idea what to expect. And um, I can honestly say it's been nothing but, like, friendly and um, fun and, and just, like, the interaction has always been very, very positive. And I've really enjoyed um, having that interaction this year. As much as I haven't raced with them, I feel like I've, I've, they've been part of my year very much. So I'm very grateful. And that's, that is brilliant. And is Arthur based in Brazil? Yes, yes. So we've got Brazil in the house. Hello. And so is Arthur <laughs> DS, well, am I acknowledged as a director of sportive? Is that basically like the coach of the team or the, 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 the manager of the team? So he's a director sportive. So he's like the manager yeah. of, of the team. And um, we then have a, a team owner as well. Um, so yeah, we be I've had a brief in, brief interactions with uh, our team owner Claudio, and uh, I have most of my interactions uh, with uh, Arthur. Fantastic, Arthur. Thanks for joining and, and asking the question as well. Just so you know, I like Brazil too. So if there's like a chance to go on a team recce, basically I'll, I'll, I'll come. I'll, I'll be there. Cool. <laughs> team support. <laughs> I'm there. 2021, I'm there. I can help uh, support and Awesome. I um, love Brazil. Brazil is a beautiful place. I've never been. I really, I need to, on my list of, come out of this situation. Basically, COVID's going on a world tour. Um, that's what I'm doing, basically. So As long as you still do the live chats while you're doing it, it's fine. Yeah, no, we will do. We'll do. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> and we've got oh, a good friend of mine, Barbie Yoga, that's Mark. He's been to Brazil. I know that. I've seen his pictures. Epic time. Epic time that they had there. Um, awesome. Thanks, Arthur. Um, so as well as um, the teamwork, I know that you're an ambassador for a couple of brands. I, I've got Enverit Sport, I want to say. Is that how I say it? Sorry, Enervet. Enervet Sport. Um, and then yes. Human as well. Can you tell us yes. a bit about those two things, please. Like, What are they about? So, um, Innervit Sport um, is a nutrition company, an Italian nutrition company, and I was um, approached um, by Andrew uh, Perry, who um, was was taking um, the Innervit uh, company in uh, Italy and trying to promote it and, and bring it on in the UK. So, 
Um, I think from memory, he must be about a year and a half into that project, uh, maybe two years now. And I joined um, at the beginning of this year as an ambassador to help uh, promote the brand um, and and um, use it as well. They've this year they've uh, sponsored a couple of pro teams, um, including being um, the nutrition sponsor for um, the winner of the Tour de France this year. Oh, wow. um, so we've um, the, the 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 brand is is very very clean nutrition, um, and I've I find that it's it kind of agrees with my stomach, which some some brands don't. Um, so important. <laughs> Call out somewhere. It's just, that's not the one, really. It's not the one. No, um, yeah. and you know what? To be honest with you, um, their bars, particularly, like um, they're more of a bar company. So, um, sort of your your energy bars and your protein bars and things like that. They do do gels as well, which are which are really good. But their bars are, and um, they do a protein bar called Coconut Dream. I'm in. <laughs> where, where can I buy it? Where can I, because I, I want to buy it. And, and also, actually, more seriously, before I buy it, because, you know, I'll, I'll basically eat most things. How <laughs> relevant is that for someone at a recreational level? Or do you have to be, you know, pushing it and really training hard to really get the benefit? I'm going to buy it anyway, but I just wish to, to know. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I personally, I'm as a coach, I, I would always suggest that people are... The, the food, I cannot tell you how important it is. I can't tell you how important it is in an everyday life. So if you think of um, your life being 100% um, and how you function that 100%, um, 80% of how you function is what you put inside of you. You can train really, really, really hard, but unless you put the right food in, you're not going to get there. It's really important that you put the right food in. And then when you come to cycling and you get on a bike and you're you, you're kind of burning a lot of calories, a lot more than you really think you are. And I mean, I would always suggest to people that are going out to ride that, okay, um, they might not want to spend lots of money on bars, but you can make lots of things as well. Um, I, I would always say probably steer clear of too much dried food. Uh, dried fruit because it kind of isn't great for the stomach when you kind of dehydrates you as it rehydrates itself and it causes a lot of um, gaseous exchange issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would always recommend, like, if you're even on a recreational ride, that you try and consume like at least eat something every half an hour i mean without getting too scientific about it eat something every 30 minutes and drink you know 500 ml an hour of yep. water um and you know what if you do that you're not going to go far wrong and you know what you will actually improve as well whereas if you go out eat nothing don't drink enough You'll do what we call bonking, and that's not bonking; it's cycling bonking. Um, and you'll you, you, you'll you'll hate it. You'll just hate it. You'll hate your life. You'll hate cycling, and you won't improve. You'll get home just maybe, but you won't improve. Go out, eat eat every half hour, drink five hundred ml of water. Happy days you get to eat, and you know what? You'll love it so much more.
Fantastic. You know, I, I, I have to second that motion. So I tell you, we go out, we ride, we eat, and I, Dan will tell you, I've always got a pocket, a back pocket full of snacks and stuff. And um, Yui, who got me, Yuande, um, she had said, every 15 minutes kind of helps keep you topped up. And I, I've been trying that and actually found that I'm a lot happier, not just through the ride, but just as well when I get home, I don't have that thing where my eyes are like tired and I can't get off the sofa and I'm just useless. It's never a good thing when you've been out riding with your mates having fun. You come home and you can't participate. Never a good thing. Go and try it, people at home. So, <laughs> I, always, I always say to people, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I always say to people, if you go out and you ride and you come back, you have your lunch, all the rest for you have, have something to eat or I hope you have something to eat when you get back. But then at night, if you walk to your fridge, open it, look at the contents, close it, walk away. Come back, open the fridge, look at the contents, close it, walk away. And on the third or fourth time, you go to your fridge, you open it, and you start to consume the contents. It means you did not eat enough during your ride. Okay. People, if you open the naughty cupboard, which has got all the sweets and biscuits in, and you want to consume the contents... Maybe a bit more. <laughs> okay. So my last, one of the last guys, I took a pack of Mawans to distribute to the team. But that was on the ride, so it wasn't at home. But I just took a couple of more. But, but I digress. We've got, time is ticking. I don't, can't recall like how long when we started, but I think we're going to be getting closest to maybe having a four or five minutes. So keep us honest, keep us moving. Um, I wondered, would you be up for a cheap competition? Yeah. 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 So I thought what we could do, we did this with Roy Townsend because like he, you know, he has stuff and what have you. Like a jersey or something like that, we could give away. I might do. You might? Okay. I might do. So people So from my um Internet sponsors, which um you asked me earlier and I never got quite round to answering. You can buy on Amazon if you're interested. They have a shop on Amazon. But, do, 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 do. oops, Excellent. other way around. That, that way, there you go. Right. Uh, so, I have an Innovit jersey that I can give away. You're the best. So, question. The question is going to be, should I pick it or do you want to pick it? Mm. On you go. On you go. Right, I'm going to pick it. So, in which... Tested people are listening. In which city was Jen born? First person pop that answer in there. Jersey's yours. You just need to be in your address. In which city was Jen born? <laughs> See anything? Oh, nobody's answering. Come on, people. Oh, we got it. Yay! Elaine! Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. 
do my favourite, which is um, lamb with rosemary uh, on skewers with peppers, uh, onions, um, and then couscous made with my own veg and stuff in it, and uh, hummus and pita breads, and yeah, there we go. In, so, love that, love that. Film (laughs) or books? Books. Books, okay. Have you got a favourite book that you've you've got, or a book that you recently read that you can share with people? Oh, that's a good question. So I'm a bit of a, um, like, I know it's, people are probably going to roll their eyes. I love reading um, Patricia Cornwell. And she does, like, sort of murder investigation and there's um, autopsies and things like that. My husband looks at it and goes, how can you read that before bed? And I'm just like, mm, I can. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Good. Okay. Nice to get to know a bit about Jen. Um, best tune or best tunes to train to? Because I'm doing, and many of us might be doing more indoor riding if you can, or outdoor riding, but best tune to train to? Have you got a song that you train Oh, I had to just put my playlist on and just press, press, press play and go. But I absolutely love, and please hear me out in this because you're all probably going to go, what? I love the Electric Blue Orchestra. Okay. And if you've never, um, if you've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you won't understand. Okay. I have seen it, but I don't recall it, but I'm writing that right down here. So it's... It's the um, it's the song that Baby Group dances to at the beginning of. I'm going to check that out. Please don't think bad of me, but every time I think of that song, it makes me smile. Oh, that is brilliant. Just having you dance is making a lot of people smile on here. Well, Mark smiling, Doug smiling. Phenomenal. And then, I'm, I'm mindful, and I really don't want this to cut off this one time. I'm mindful that it, it will be time to close soon. And we definitely need to do this again. Definitely want to chat to you when the season gets going and follow your progress. And I'm sure everyone's going to be wishing you well from the Rife Unity family. Um, just over to you, really. I mean, it's it's gone so quick, too quick. Is there anything that you'd like to share with anyone about anything at all uh, before we wrap up? Um, I don't know. Ride your bikes, have fun, smile, eat, um, enjoy the weather while you can before it gets too bad. Put mud guards on. Put mud guards on. (laughs) You've heard it from Jen. Jen, I have to say again, you've been amazing. Principal Marcus has jumped in and said, You've got one of the best personalities in cycling and, and I have oh, to concur with that. You've got some hearts going up on the side as well. It's been awesome. We'll, we'll have to get you on a fellowship, right? And we're definitely going to have to chat again because I feel like we just scratched the surface getting to know you today, but honoured that you joined, honoured that you've just been yourself. Gutted you didn't tell me you were bringing a beer because I would have brought my beer, but I'm going to go and have one. <laughs> have a beer. Have a beer. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. No. It's been our pleasure. It's been our pleasure. And, and cheers, everybody. Hope you have a Thanks, awesome everyone. Week. We'll Thanks for your questions, everyone. Awesome. All right. Take care. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.